0: Blow our minds. You have a low position job right now. Don't worry about that. That will not last for long. You will reign with Christ forever and all eternity. So, point three now. Let's come back to the point we noticed earlier about that immeasurable great power being at work in us and toward us and for us. So, in what ways? Is that power at work in our lives today as believers? And I'm going to give two more general answers to this, and then the third one is specifically from from the context right here in Ephesians. So the two more general answers are this. His power is at work in us less visibly now, but gloriously later, right? Right? We are continuationists. We believe in the power and the working of the spiritual gifts today. We believe God does miracles. God God heals, God works things that are unexplainable in human ways. But a lot of times he chooses not to do that, right? Think of our Savior. He's the glorious king of the universe. What happened to him? He suffered, was rejected, and died. Suffering now, glory later. And that's the basic pattern for us who follow him, right? So his power is at work, less visibly now, gloriously later. That's the first, is sort of a general thought there. The second one, if we read on in Ephesians, we realize what God's going to do in the church, taking Jews and Gentiles, people who hated each other, we don't have that kind of hate here at the church, at our church, I, I don't think. I'm not aware of it. But it, it's hard to get along with people, right? It, it's tough being put together. It's hard enough in our families. Much better you you put, what, 60 families together. It's tough. And God is at work to knit us together in unity and love for one another. That's the work of God in us. And so we get to the end of Chapter 3. And Paul picks up a prayer again, right a prayer that I think all of us love at the end of chapter 3, where Paul says in verse 20 and 21, after explaining what God's going to do, he says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. So God's power is at work in all kinds of ways to sanctify us, to knit us together, to help us love one another, forgive one another as a church. So those were a couple of these general comments. But right here at the end of chapter 1 and then going into the beginning of chapter 2, Paul gives a very specific application of how this power is at work in us today. And that is in our new birth, in our regeneration. Let me, let me just mention, going back to our, yeah, the first point, less visibly. Now, a couple of those verses I did want to mention. Hebrews 2.8, Paul says, Now in putting everything in, I'm sorry, the, the, Paul did not write Hebrews that we know. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. The writer of the Hebrews says, Now in putting everything in subjection to Christ, he left nothing outside his control. At present, however, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. It's less visible now. It will be fully visible later. In Hebrews eleven thirteen, speaking about the Old Testament saints, it says, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. And for us, too, are most of us, well, all of us die in faith, we haven't fully received what God has promised, but we greet those promises knowing they will come in the eternal kingdom. Paul in Romans 8 verse 18 says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is revealed in us later. So those are just some scriptures that underscore that sense. It's less visible now, brothers and sisters, but will be gloriously visible, and real throughout eternity. So the new birth. At the end of chapter 1 here, Paul has said, Christ, he was dead. God raised him to life and then seated him in the heavenly places, right? Now, look at chapter 2. Paul starts, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And then verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and what? And seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. Paul is making an explicit connection between what happened to Jesus Dead, raised to life, seated in the heavenly places, and you. You were dead, God raised you with Christ and seated you in the heavenly places. He's making a direct connection between the power that raised Christ from the dead and the power that raised you from spiritual death to spiritual life. It's the same power. Paul is at pains to make this parallel clear. Our new birth, brothers and sisters, it was not brought about by some decision we made. It wasn't brought about by the fact that, you know, I went forward or I prayed a prayer. We were dead. We were dead. How could we decide or believe? John 1.13 says that we were born, born again, we were born not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It was not a self-wrought change, brothers and sisters. It was a miraculous resurrection that brought about our new birth. We were totally dead. We were like Lazarus, but God called our names and made us alive. And just as God raised Christ from the dead and set him at his right hand on high, so, also, He raised you from spiritual death in sin and placed you securely on high with Christ. We have undergone a radical change. We've been brought from death to life by the same almighty power which God worked in Christ. There's as great a difference between our former condition when we are spiritually dead in our sin and our present condition being born again, as great a difference there as there was between Christ in the tomb, dead, totally dead, and Christ resurrected on Easter Sunday morning. And by drawing this parallel between Christ's resurrection and exaltation and our regeneration and exaltation, God is giving us a picture and a pledge. Here's the picture. Every time we think about Christ being physically raised, not just at Easter time, right, but any other time you think about Jesus being raised from the dead and seated at God's right hand, that's a picture, it's a reminder for us of the change that God has wrought in our spiritual condition. We were dead in sins, we were separated from God, but now we are spiritually alive, we are seated with Christ in the closest relationship to God You can imagine. It's also a pledge. That as God's work of raising and exalting Christ. Was irreversible and unstoppable. It was impossible. For death to hold him. Christ is never to die again. So also his regenerating work in us. Is irrevocable. It is irreversible. It is eternal. What he started in our regeneration. He will certainly complete. In our glorification. So brothers and sisters. Does your heart. Does your heart see this? Do you believe it? Do you embrace this? David and and Leanne. If you all want to come back up here. Let me share with you. Why I believe these truths are so important. And beneficial for us. And what I want you. What I want all of us to learn. And embrace from it. This is what I want you to learn and realize. It's the miraculous reality of the new birth. The supernaturally powerful reality of your new birth. You, you didn't make it happen, brother, sister. You didn't do that. We don't believe and then on the basis of that get born again. That's not how it happens. It's the other way around. God's miraculous Work of regeneration, our new birth, precedes our response of faith. God causes us to be born again, even when we were totally dead in our sins, as Ephesians 2.5 says. And the result of that is that we respond in faith. 1 John 5.1 He who believes has been born again. The regeneration, this miraculous work of our new birth, always results in saving faith and then a changed life. Regeneration, God's miracle, raising us from the dead, and that results in faith, believing in Jesus, and then a changed life. There are two things in life that are miserable. There are probably more, okay, but there are two things in life that are miserable. The first is... Trying to live the Christian life when you're not born again. That has got to be miserable. Trying to do things that your heart has no desire to do. Trying to be someone that you have no power to be. You can't be sanctified if you haven't been born again. Miserable. You know, another thing that's miserable is trying to not live the Christian life when you have been born again. Probably all of us have tried that in different ways, right? It's like, God, I don't want that. I didn't sign up for that. He signed you up for that. Miserable because God will never let go of his own. And when he puts new life in us, when he regenerates it and makes us life, May, makes us alive, that life is going in a direction that is irrevocable. And when we try to go the other direction, God will not let us go. That is miserable. My friend June, he didn't change his life. The power of the gospel changed him and brought the new birth. And when June was going through his difficult season of sin and temptation, We knew that if he was truly born again, he would come through that with repentance and genuine faith intact. June couldn't escape the reality that God had caused him to be born again. 1 Peter 1.23 says, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God, the gospel. Jesus told Nicodemus, You must be born again, Nicodemus, John chapter 3. Unless one, one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Jesus says to us this morning, Unless you are born again, you will never enter the kingdom of God. So, older folks, you must be born again. 50 years of church attendance does not make us right with God. Tragic, isn't it? That people could be under the Word of God for so long and never respond in faith. Children, you must be born again. Young people, you must be born again. If you're a child, A kid at home, trying to be a good kid, memorizing Bible verses, obeying dad and mom, will not save you. You must be born again by the power of God. And if you're concerned that perhaps you've never been truly born again, talk with me, talk with Aaron, talk with your community group leader, children, talk with your parents. Say, I I, I need to be born again. Again, we can't make that happen. But we can certainly cry out to God who loves to do this miracle, right? God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us. Even when we were dead in our tresses, He made us alive together with Christ. Cry out to God and say, God, do in me what only you can do. Lead with Him. Cry out to Him to make you born again. I want us to understand it's, it's a miracle, brothers and sisters. It's, it's not just something, you know what I decided? Yeah, I decided several years ago I thought I'd believe in Christ and follow him. That is not what it takes to be born again. God changes us in a powerful way, and it always has fruit and result, the fruit of saving faith of a changed life that will be evident over time. Sometimes it's not evident right away, right? It will be evident whether that has happened or not. And then finally, the life-changing power of the gospel. When we share it with our kids, our neighbors, our friends, we don't know whom God will regenerate and save. We don't know when the gospel will bear fruit, but we know that it will. Paul says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. That's what the Ephesian believers responded to. They heard the gospel, received it, and believed it. And that's what my friend June, that's what so many of us here responded to. Isn't it amazing? Someone shared the gospel with you. And it probably at one point made no sense. Who are these weirdos? And then one day you realized, I believe it. It's real. Has God worked that miracle in your life to change you And that miracle can never be undone any more than Jesus can die again. Brothers and sisters, we have a great Savior. His power, his immeasurably great power is at work for us who believe. Let's stand and let's sing again as we close. strong.